The Powers on Sports podcast is presented by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and our realtor in the Tampa Bay area, Star Alvarado. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you got to beat the man. The 2-1. Swan lane, drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. Here's the throw to the plate. He is safe. Three runs. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Okay, welcome in. Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us on whatever podcast platform that you may be listening I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. This podcast is presented by Titan Home Lending, uh, Print and Marketing Solutions, and our realtor here in the state of Florida, in the Tampa Bay area, Ms. Star Alvarado. You can reach Star at 813-538-9572 for all of your buying and selling home needs. Again, you can reach out to Titan Home Lending, myself, Jason Powers, 813, or excuse me, 205-790-1404. So appreciate you finding us this week. Uh, we've got a good episode for you. We're going to talk, we're going to break down the NFL divisional matchups, one of the best weekends of the year. Got four divisional matchups, two AFC, two NFC. You got Jacksonville, Kansas City. You got Giants in Philadelphia. You got you have uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo and Dallas, San Francisco. So we got four really good games, eight pretty good teams. Uh, so we'll break down those matchups here in a little bit. We got the coaching carousels in full circle. Uh, you got some uh, major coaching uh, situations to be determined here in the next few days or week. And we'll talk about some of those candidates, some candidates that are viable, and then a couple guys that are not viable anymore. You can also talk to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. The, you know, you, you, you guys have watched, uh, if you guys are football fans at all, the Senior Bowl is kind of the preeminent college all-star game. It's a week full of events in Mobile, Alabama. <clears throat> the game will be this week, will be on Saturday, February the 4th. Uh, so we're going to talk to Jim Nagy about the game, a couple changes they've made to the format of the game. And some of that stuff are all things related to the Senior Bowl. So I think you'll like that. Jim's Jim's been worked in NFL front offices for about 20 years, and he's this is his fifth year as the executive director of the Senior Bowl. So if you've never been to the Senior Bowl, it's actually a pretty fun event. You can go to practices during the week in Mobile. You can go to the game on Saturday, and we'll talk about that. I've actually been to the Senior Bowl. It's probably uh, probably eight, seven, eight years ago. I went down for a couple days for practices and such. It was pretty fun. So. Uh, the Senior Bowls now, again, it's, it's been in Mobile for over 70 years, and it's still in Mobile. I think they've changed the venue in Mobile. I think they're at the new University of South Alabama uh, stadium complex, brand-new stadium complex in the last couple of years. They've kind of moved their operations over there. So you'll hear all about that with Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. So, <clears throat> All right, let's get into it. Let's do the coaching hires first, and then we'll get into the divisional matchups. Um, 
couple no news and notes out of the coaching world. Jim Harbaugh is apparently going to be staying at Michigan, not going to be a candidate for the Carolina or Denver job. There was talk about he might be in line for that Denver job. He's staying at Michigan from all reports that he's released, says that he's loves Michigan, and that's where his, his heart is. The biggest name on the coaching uh, <clears throat> dartboard is going to be Sean Payton. Where's Sean Payton going to go? He started his interview tour this week talking to Denver, going to be talking to Carolina, Houston, Arizona, and the other opening is Indy, which I've not heard his name mentioned with Indy, but you never know. But again, Sean Payton is is the big fish this year for sure. Um, Be very interesting to see what he ends up doing. He was on the Colin Cowherd show earlier in the week, and he mentioned that the kind of the compensation requirement for New Orleans, who still own his rights, is probably going to be a mid to late first round draft pick. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that unfolds, if teams are willing to do that. And obviously, Sean Payton's going to command a huge salary. He's probably going to be making close to $15 million a year, and he's probably going to have some major say in personnel. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Again, Denver, Carolina, Houston, Arizona, and Indy are the open jobs right now. Uh, you never know. There'll probably be one, maybe one more opening here in the next uh, few days. Kind of a surprise. Surprise was the LA Chargers did not make an did not make a change with Brandon Staley following their epic collapse in Wild Card Weekend in Jacksonville. Remember, Sean McVay has announced that he's going to be staying with the Rams, so there's not going to be an opening there. So, uh, and then obviously with Dallas winning the Wild Card game on Monday night, unless something crazy happens, you would anticipate Mike McCarthy being safe in Dallas from all indications coming out of Jerry Jones Land there. So. Uh, to me, the, the 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 spot with the most potential couple things for for Peyton are going to be Denver potentially. Can he could he resurrect um, Russell Wilson? Uh, Carolina is an interesting uh, uh, place to go potentially. They got a good defense, need a quarterback. Uh, don't know if they're cap draft capital wise that they're they're drafting they're going to be drafting in the ten to fifteen range. So they're not going to have a top five pick to go get. Houston is. Everybody thinks no way with Houston, but you got to remember Houston has draft capital. They own the number two overall pick, have a lot of draft picks. Um, the defense was not terrible this year. That's probably a place he could go. That's a division that's winnable with Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. So don't be surprised if Houston could be a potential landing spot there because, again, he can draft his quarterback, number two overall. Um, and then you got Arizona with the, with the, with the Kyler Murray situation. I, I don't think he he'll be uh, that'll be a place he'll go with Kyler Murray there. They just uh, hired a new uh, general manager, Monty Austinfort, came from Tennessee. So maybe he goes. Maybe that guy goes in the route of somebody he knows from the Tennessee tree. Even though there's really not anybody out there, Frank Reich would be a guy in, in Arizona that could have some could have some legs. Um, potentially Vance Joseph out there as well. Some names to remember if it's not Sean Payton at getting one of these jobs. And there's no guarantee that Sean Payton will even take one of these jobs. Who knows? He he could potentially sit out another year and go from there. But some hot names, names to be aware of. Got one guy that will for sure get a job, D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator of the 49ers. He will get one of these jobs. You can bank on that. You got Frank Reich. You got Jonathan Gannon, the D.C. in Philadelphia. He's a hot name. You got Mike Kafka and, and Wink Martindale from the Giants. OC's Kafka's gotten a lot of credit for Daniel Jones and the play calling with the Giants. Martindale's been a very good defensive coordinator for a while. Uh, a little older, but again, Martindale might be a guy that gets an opportunity. 
You got Kellen Moore. You got Dan Quinn, who's another name. Again, nice, great, really good performance Monday night in Tampa. If they were to beat the 49ers this week, his stock will go really high. There's been some speculation that he would be targeted by Denver. He was in the mix last year in Denver. Didn't get the job. A couple wild cards. David Shaw has already interviewed for a couple of these jobs. The former Stanford coach. Got a lot of NFL uh, history. A lot of people have thought for many years that he would be a really good NFL head coach. So, again, be on the lookout for David Shaw uh, as well. So, uh, Sean Payton is kind of the first uh, nugget to drop. And I think you'll see the second nugget will probably be D'Amico Ryans. Uh, if they were to get beat this week, you would see him get hired really fast next week. Uh, but... We'll see. Those are kind of your names to be on the lookout for as well. And there'll probably be a, a, a mystery hire that kind of comes out of left field as well. Uh, you got the Buccaneers losing a, t- a lot of speculation about Byron Left, which is future. Um, probably will not survive in Tampa from, from a lot of the indications. Um, so there's your the, – the, and again, Brandon Staley is going to survive it with the Chargers. He gets rid of his OC Lombardi and the QB coach after the debacle in Jacksonville, the full meltdown. So we'll see what happens. I could see Frank Reich, if he doesn't get a head job, I could see Frank Reich going out to, to, to L.A. to work with Justin Herbert. That would be a good match, in my opinion, uh, with Frank Reich and Justin Herbert if, if, if Reich doesn't get a head job. So what will the Colts do? How, how serious of a candidate is Jeff Saturday? We, we should know that here pretty soon. I could see, a play, I could see D'Amico Ryan's going to a place like Indianapolis, though. Uh, I could see that happening. Um, but uh, and I also could see D'Amico Ryan's. I don't think he's going to go to Houston because of the full rebuild. I could see him going to Denver. I think you'll see D'Amico Ryan's in either Denver, Carolina, or Indianapolis. Would be my guess for D'Amico Ryan's there. So, uh, so there's your coaching update. All that good stuff. Future of Tom Brady. Obviously, the Bucks go down in the wild card game to the Cowboys. All the speculation is that Brady uh, potentially will play again next year, but maybe not in Tampa. I still think Tampa is, is will be on the list. Kind of the four places that you, you know the, the the common places that you that you can talk about Brady potentially Las Vegas because of his connection with Josh McDaniels, uh, the Jets potentially. Uh, even though he can't stand the Jets from all indications from his days in New England, and obviously he would he would have to play Belichick twice a year, Buffalo twice a year. So I don't I know they're a good defense, but I don't know if the Jets is where he wants to go. Uh, Miami potentially only <clears throat> even though Miami has come out and said this week that two is going to be their guy next year, things could change on that front quickly if 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 Brady says I'm willing to come to Miami. Um, again, we don't know what uh, you know. Tua's situation is going to be very volatile. It'll be interesting to see what Miami does with Tua if Tom Brady says he wants to play in potentially Miami next year. And I still think Tampa's an option because I I know they're going to probably make a change at offensive coordinator. Um, Todd, I think you'll see a lot, you'll see a couple other changes on the coaching staff. I think you'll see some turnover on the roster. They're going to get younger. Um, not saying cheap, not not going cheap, but I think they're going to get some an infusion of young players through the draft. I think they've got a lot of older guys. I think they got some guys that they're going to not resign. So I think there's going to be some changes in Tampa on offense, and I can see the Bucks making the guarantee to Brady. Hey, we're going to fortify this offensive line. We're going to get you some speed at wide receiver to help complement Evans and Godwin. Um, you know, who knows what the future of Gronkowski is? Would he come back if Brady comes back another year? 
Um, but I, I don't think Tampa's completely out of the mix yet, even though it's probably less than 50% that he would come back to Tampa. I don't think he's going to Las Vegas because of two things. One, the defense is terrible in Las Vegas. And two, I don't think he wants to be that far away from his children. Remember, one of his sons lives in New York, and the other one, the other two we we I'm pretty sure are down in Miami with Giselle. So I don't think he's going to want to be on the West Coast that far away from his kids. Uh, whereas if he's in Tampa or Miami, it's a it's a nothing flight to Miami. Uh, the New York flight is only a couple hours, so it's it's a place he can he can get to quickly. The kids can get to where he, that he's at, uh, especially in the state of Florida. So um, I do think Tampa's still a viable option here. The Bucks know I know the Bucks want him because the Bucks are not going to I don't the Bucks are not going with Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert. Um, they'll either I think they'll make a move for a big quarterback. If Brady does leave, don't be surprised if Derek Carr's in the mix and or Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what Rodgers' future is, whether it's to play or not, and or if he's staying in Green Bay, but that would be a nice landing spot for Aaron Rodgers if he were to leave Green Bay, would be Tampa, and Tampa would pay the freight to get Aaron Rodgers. So um, we've got a lot of speculation that be, that's going to be happening here in the next six, seven weeks. Remember, the league year doesn't start till early March, so there'll be some. There won't be some decisions made on some of this stuff until until then. I know Derek Carr's situation is has to be solved by mid February, right after the Super Bowl. So you will see probably something in the in the works with Derek Carr if he were to get traded and such, uh, before right not right after the Super Bowl. So uh, there's your NFL update. A couple more things, and we'll get to Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl. Aussie Open, Rafael Nadal out in the second round, was battling an, an injury. I think it was an ankle injury or, no, excuse me, a hip injury. He got bumped out in the second round, so that's going to hurt ESPN uh, a little bit and the draw of some TV viewers. Obviously, you still have Djokovic down there, but the, all the action is on ESPN, but no Rafael Nadal in the in the Aussie Open. He's out. Remember, Kyrgios withdrew with a knee injury, so he's out. So this is kind of an open tournament here for Djokovic. He's, he's clearly probably the favorite there. Um, but again, if you like tennis, the first major of the year, Australian Open, ESPN, ESPN2, late night and overnight. Uh, so there you go with the tennis. Last thing I want to hit on is this NIL situation. You got National Signing Day. The second signing day is coming up here in a couple weeks. But you saw, if you saw this story concerning NIL, there's a recruit that is signed with the University of Florida, quarterback Jaden Rashada. He is basically begging out of his, his, his commitment at Florida because the $13 million, allegedly, of some NIL deal is not coming to fruition. If I'm the Florida Gators, I say good riddance to the guy, or I don't even let him out of his out of his uh, letter of intent. Because if a guy's coming to only coming to a school because he can get 13 million dollars, he's not interested in, in, in the school. All he's interested in cashing a check. This guy is no, there's no guarantee this guy's even a good player. I know he's a highly touted quarterback recruit out of California, but he's already committed to Miami and then bailed. Now he's committed to Florida and trying to bail. I'm just not a fan of these kids. I'm all about getting a little bit of money, but if you're going to bail out because you're not getting $13 million, good riddance. I'm down on Jaden Rashada. If you're Florida, either let the kid go or two, I would I would hold him to the commitment and make his life miserable for a year. Even if he has to sit and do nothing, make his life miserable for a year. Make the guy play. Go make some money. Go go do something, Jaden Rashada, before you are, are bitching and moaning about $13 million. Go do something. Okay, when you do something, then you have then you can get the price tag up a little bit. If you want to transfer, do it. Uh, but 
I would not let this kid out of his commitment so easily. So uh, right now, so, um, but we will see what happens in the in the uh, NIL world with Jaden Rashada against signing day. The second signing day is coming up here in, in a little bit. I think the fir- February first, I believe, or fe- it's either the first or the third is signing the second uh, signing day, the last signing day of the uh, recruiting year. So the transfer portal closed this week, so that's all done for 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 a time being. So the kids will have to stay through the semester and through spring football. So we'll see uh, what, what what unfolds, what the final tally is of transfers and all that stuff. So, um, all right, NFL divisional matchups. Jacksonville, Kansas City, Saturday in Kansas City. Kansas City's about a nine-point favorite. Jacksonville with a miracle win last week at home. Trevor Lawrence, four picks, uh, five turnovers for the Jags in the first half. They go to Kansas City. They somehow win the game. Just a total meltdown by the Chargers. Not unusual. You know, if the Chargers figure out a way to lose, that's 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 the uh, name of the game for them. They figure out a way to lose. Um, tough game in Kansas City. They they played in, earlier in the year. Kansas City won by ten points. I, I think it's going to be a comfortable win for the for Kansas City. I would expect a similar 10, 10 12 point W out of Kansas City coming off rest in Arrowhead. So I think Kansas City will advance. You got the Giants in Philadelphia Saturday night in Philadelphia. Uh, again, Daniel Jones played tremendously well in Minnesota in the wild card game was dynamic. But again, that defense in Minnesota is pitiful at best. It's still pitiful. I think they're going to run into a much more challenging defense in Philadelphia with the pass rush. Two good corners in Philly with Bradbury and Slay. You saw guys, giant guys running wide open last week. You're not going to see that this week. The running game's not going to be nearly as uh, wide open for Saquon Barkley. And I do think you're going to see a healthy Philadelphia team. I think Hurts is going to be healthy enough. You're going to see a good mix of run and pass. I think the Philadelphia Eagles will win by double digits this week in Philadelphia. They're about a seven and a half, eight point favorite uh, midweek here. So, but I do like Philadelphia in the game. Sunday in Buffalo, maybe the most intriguing game of the weekend. Kind of the rematch Cincinnati Buffalo from a couple weeks back that never got played. This time the game is in Buffalo. Cincinnati escaped last week. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since he escaped last week at home against Baltimore with the fluky fumble on the goal line, they run back 98 yards for a touchdown. They win 24-17 over Baltimore. They did not look very good. Give Baltimore credit. They mucked up the game. Baltimore did enough on offense. Could have could have tied the game there at the end other than John Harbaugh's really, 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 really poor clock management there in the last minute and a half of that game, letting way too much time run off the clock without snapping the ball when you had timeouts. They end up falling short, 24-17. Again, uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, the guy doesn't show up to the game. I don't like that. Then he writes this cryptic message on Instagram about uh, his treatment and by, by the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't like that. Don't be surprised if if, if uh, Lamar Jackson's on another team here soon. And again, a great, uh, you know, trade opportunity potentially. Would you trade Lamar Jackson for Justin Fields straight up with a little bit of extra juice? Remember, Chicago holds the number one pick in the draft. I don't think they're trading Fields in the number one pick for Lamar, but I could see the I could see the Bears making a run at Lamar Jackson, trading Justin Fields and maybe some more draft capital, maybe second, third round picks to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. So that's keep that's that's a trade to keep an eye on because it's they're similar players, they have similar styles. Justin Fields would fit in in Baltimore. You wouldn't have to pay Justin Fields for a couple more years. 
So again, be aware of that. Justin Fields in Chicago for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore moving forward. Uh, the Jets will also be a player. I could see Miami being a player for Lamar Jackson. Remember, Lamar Jackson grew up in Florida. Uh, potentially they could be a player. Tua could potentially be involved in a trade. If Baltimore were to trade uh, to Miami, you could see Tua and some other, other capital getting traded to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. So um, those are some places. Again, the, the finale of Divisional Weekend, you got the Cowboys. Nice win in Tampa on Monday night. They really beat the Bucks soundly. Um, Dak played tremendously well. He played great, actually. They head to San Francisco to play uh, the Brock star and Brock Purdy in that uh, in that San Francisco team. Th- uh, three and a half point favorites are the 49ers. Uh, and Buffalo's a five point favorite. Uh, that Cincinnati Buffalo game. Too many turnovers by the by, by Buffalo. If they turn the ball over that many times against Cincinnati, they're going home. But if they can just play relatively clean football, one turnover at most, I think they'll find a way to beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's having all kind of offensive line issues. They've lost three linemen in the last three weeks. So again, their offensive line's not not going to be really not good. But Buffalo does not have a great pass rush. So again, you'll see some you'll see some offense in this game. You'll see Josh Allen, Diggs. Burrow will be a great matchup. See what it'd be interesting what the weather's like in Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, that's a I believe that's a three three o'clock game. So there could be some weather issues. And then you got Dallas, San Francisco on Sunday night in San Fran. Again, if Dallas plays like they did Monday night, they're going to give San Francisco all they want. The question is with the Cowboys on defense: Can they stop this juggernaut of a San Francisco offense? Both the running game and the passing game. Brock Purdy. They got all their guys, Samuels. You got uh, Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, Kittle. I don't know if Dallas can stop them in the passing game because remember Dallas is down at the cornerback spot. Uh, I think Dallas could be had a, a, on the back end throwing the ball, and then you got that good offensive line for San Francisco can run the ball with McCaffrey. But again, Dallas is pretty good defensively. If this turns into a, a passing game for San Fran, then Dallas potentially has the advantage with that pass rush. And then can Dallas score enough points on that San Francisco defense, who's not been fantastic? Remember, they were down to Seattle at the half last week. Seattle had some chances, and they busted them with some big plays with Metcalf. So, again, Dak to C.D. Lamb, Dak to Gallup. You got the tight ends really good, Schultz, and you still got Tony Pollard in that running game. So this could be a game that really is a, really is a tight game in the fourth quarter with the Cowboys. I could see Dallas winning the game, but I think San Francisco will find a way to get it done. I think their defensive pressure, their front four will give would give Dak some issues and that offensive line some issues. Uh, again, if San Francisco doesn't turn the ball over and they're balanced, I think they'll find a way to score enough points to beat the Cowboys. Um, so I'm going to go Kansas. I'm going four home teams, Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo, and San Fran. Typically in the divisional round, the better team wins. You typically don't have big upsets in the divisional round. Um, the, the, again, the two teams that I think could win the game are Cincinnati and Dallas of the of the four underdogs. Um, I would give the best chance, honestly, to Dallas. That would be the uh, – I think Dallas would have the best chance to win as an underdog this week uh, on the road. So um, enjoy the games. Again, thanks for finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. Go to my YouTube channel for the for the video interviews as well. All the previous episodes, you can look check out all the interviews, video interviews. Go back and check out the archive of episodes for the Powers on Sports podcast. We've had some great guests over the over the year. Again, we're going to talk to Jim Nagy, executive director of the Senior Bowl, here in just a minute. So you'll enjoy that chat. 
Jason Power Sports channel on YouTube for the video interviews. And if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review, and reach out to me on Twitter at JPO Sports. Thanks for finding us. And Jim Nag will be coming up right around the corner. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs. Corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing s- specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813 498 2887. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to be a first-time home buyer looking to upsize or even downsize your current property situation? Reach out to Jason Powers at Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404, anywhere in the state of Florida. Let's get you pre-approved, figure out how much money, how much house you can afford, whether it's an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo loan, even bank statement loans if you're self-employed, we can help you. You need to buy, you want to build a home. We got a new construction loan available for you. Are you looking to renovate your home? There are renovation loans available and we are experts in the renovation loan it part of the uh, home financing business. Reach out to me, Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. From Miami to Orlando to Jacksonville in Pensacola and anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending where it, my loan gets you into your home. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason. Got a real pleasure. We are going to, we are in the, obviously we are in the thralls of the NFL playoffs. The uh, college football season just wrapped up in the last couple of weeks with uh, Georgia uh, winning the national title. And we are going to talk to Jim Nagy. Jim is the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, the preeminent uh, college uh, all-star event leading into the uh, NFL draft process. And we're going to talk to Jim about the game this year, just about some of the, the philosophies he uses in creating his rosters and all that good stuff. So uh, going to have a good chat with Jim Nagy. Appreciate you joining us, Jim. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. All right, the, um, the Reese's Senior Bowl is Saturday, February 4th, 2.30 Eastern time, going to be on the NFL Network. Jim, first question, just how cool is it to know that your your game obviously is, the, again, this, this, this game's been around for many, many years, been the preeminent uh, – senior all-star college all-star game just talk about it being the build-up this is a year-round event for you talk about how you prepare for it year-round starting this time last year yeah it is it's year-round no doubt uh appreciate those kind words yeah so it's this is kind of the culmination of a, a year's worth of work we started uh you know grading this year's class last february we always take a couple weeks off after the game and recharge the batteries and then we get right back at it um we actually have some of our scouting assistants right now in-house working on the 2024 game 
um, because we have this roster basically set at this point. So, uh, yeah, you're on process, a lot of fun, a lot of hard work. Staff really comes together. It's uh, it's not just the football practices in the game, I and mean, we've added events during the week and concerts and Mardi Gras parades, so it's a little bit of a three-ring circus. There's a lot going on. Um, but we're excited. It's here. So uh, here we go. We got players showing up in less than two weeks. Very cool. Very cool. Talk talk to the audience about how you put together these rosters. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of names they recognize, a lot of big schools. You know, Max Duggan, TCU, Alabama players, Georgia players, TCU guys, guys we've seen all throughout the college football season. Talk about how do you, do you have a formula that you want to have a certain number of Power 5 conferences versus non-Power 5? How do you guys go about evaluating guys and putting together these rosters? No, we built this thing out just like an NFL personnel department. So that, you know, the, my previous 20 years before taking this job, us in the NFL, uh, tried to pattern our football operation as closely on our budget as we could to an NFL program. We had we had nine former NFL scouts on our staff this year all over the country, um, you know, from Montana down to L.A., over to Charlotte, Chicago, Kansas City, Dallas. I mean, all over the place. Uh, we're at games every Saturday, getting a lot of live exposures. Uh, where it is, you know, we were at double digit games, I think, every week this fall through November. Wow. Uh, and then just watching tape all week and submitting reports and building the board out. And the goal is to get every player drafted. So, you know, it's not gonna not gonna happen every time, but we've we've had uh, record breaking years each of the last two years. We've had 106 guys drafted, um, which has been two years ago, that was 41% of the draft. Last yep. year it was 40 the entire draft. Um so, so, yeah, the goal is just to get them all picked and, uh, you know, and to play in the league. We've had, uh, you know, I, we haven't done doing the research on this year's game yet but or, or last year's game, but uh, the first three years we were here, 88 over 88 percent of our guys made rosters as rookies. Um, so that's a that's a number we're really proud of. So, yeah, just try and find the best players. It doesn't matter where they come from. SEC, Division Three. we've had two Division Three guys over the last couple of years who are starting in the NFL right now. So um, just try and find the best guys. Talk about the coaching staff. People don't realize that NFL coaching staffs coach these games. Who are the who are your coaching staffs this year uh, as far as going into the game? And how do you go about that selection process of of because obviously from an NFL perspective, all these staffs want an opportunity because you get so much exposure to these to these prospects. How do you go about that process of picking the coaching staff? Yeah, we had a very different we had a very different process this year. For the first time in seventy three years, we don't have the full staffs. We have a okay. collection. Yeah, we have a collection of assistants from non-playoff teams. And, and again, I just think they wanted to get uh, – first of all, it's a developmental opportunity for coaches in the league. You know, everyone that's coaching in the game, we just we just voted on those staffs yesterday. Um, head coaches and GMs from the non-playoff teams nominated people from their staff, so we'll be cool. announcing that next day or two. Um, but we're going to have 16 teams represented behind the scenes all week, and I think that's better. That's really good for our players. Um, rather than just be exposed to two teams, they're really exposed to half the league. So that's a that's a good thing for our guys. Um, it creates a little more work on the front end of things. Like right now, we're I'm hopping on a Zoom call here in, in about an hour with, um, you know, the 30 coaches that were pointed to the game and, and uh, you know, just kind of having an introductory call with them and getting everyone on the same page in terms of our playbook. But uh, but so, yeah, but it's good for these players. They are they are going to leave Mobile better football players than when they showed up. Yeah, that's a, that's a great innovation. I like that a lot about incorporating these many different guys from different roster or from different organizations. I think that's a great idea. Talk about real quick about the players. These players, obviously, you know, you we can watch senior bowl practices on TV and stuff during the week, but talk about their all-day 
schedule. You're putting them through an NFL regiment of interviews and getting up early in the morning, staying up late at night kind of stuff. Talk about that process and how that that uh, leans into uh, their ability to to be able to live the NFL life. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, as you said, the practices are on uh, all three days are going to be live on ESPN and the NFL Network. Um, the NFL Network had stopped doing live stuff. They they would kind of bounce in and out of their different shows during the day, like do some you know live pickups and then go back to the studio. They're going to be fully live this year and on NFL Plus um, as well. So you're going to be able to, if you if you want to see practice, you're going to be able to see practice. There's plenty of plenty of uh, avenues to do that. But no, the the week is uh, you know it's stressful by design because the NFL is a hard league. Once once you get up there, it's a, it's a it's a hard league to make. It's a harder league to stay in and. Uh, there's a lot there's we pack a lot into the week so there's you know interviews with all 32 teams there's learning a new playbook there's executing that playbook when you get on the field um, we have a lot of different community service events during the week where we get these guys out in the community at children's hospitals and schools and food banks and, and things of that nature so they're really every minute of their day is pretty much accounted for uh, from about 6 a.m till about 11 o'clock at night so um, it's a packed week but uh you know, it's a really it's a benefit for the guys when they go out to the combine in Indy because they're really clearing off a lot of stuff off their plates or doing a lot of a lot of psychological testing and things of that nature that they would have to do in Indianapolis anyway. So, uh, yeah, they get a lot of that stuff done in Mobile and it makes Indy an easier experience for them. Right. You're right, because those guys, you guys put them under a lot of stress, which is good. Good for them. All right. Talking about this this year's game. All the players are good in this game. There's no doubt if they wouldn't be in the game. What are the couple position groups that you really think have a lot of depth? A lot, a lot of you know. Every year in the draft, we hear analysts and pundits talk about certain groups are better than others in certain years. In your thought process, what depth-wise, what do you think these the two strongest groups kind of leading into this into this game are? Yeah, I'm kind of cheating. I'm looking over at the board right now. It's over. <laughs> over. <laughs> um, I would say the running back group if for for us. You know, usually a lot of these really good running backs leave as juniors. Um, so that's, that's really traditionally the, the hardest position for us. Now we've had some great ones, like, you know, some pro bowlers this year, Najee Harris, Tony Pollard, yeah. uh, Ramon Stevenson from the Patriots. So the last few years have been good to us at that position, but a uh, really good, really good group this year. Uh, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, Chase Brown from Illinois, just to name a couple um, really like that group. I like our tight end group. Uh, you know, you got guys like Luke, Luke Musgrave from Oregon state, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Those were our top two seniors. Yeah. Uh, a lot of teams have first, second round grades on those guys. I mean, Luke Musgrave, 6'6, 260. He's going to, you might run in the four fours. Um, so, really good tight end group. I, I think, I think you know, in terms of where, where those groups are usually at, these, both those groups are, are stronger than normal. Well, I know you, again, with your, with your detailed background, uh, scouting and such personnel stuff in the NFL, you know, it's not all about first-round draft picks. So many of these teams, these great teams that we see in the playoffs now and in the future are built on second, third, fourth, fifth-round picks. Guys like that that are just solid players, may not may, may not be the Hall of Famers, but but are the nuts and bolts of rosters. Talk about how important these these guys are and the, the glue guys of, of these rosters. Yeah, there's no question. I think, uh, you know, you know, any general manager that believes in his ability to evaluate you know, I think most of those guys want to trade down and compile picks because um, I know if I were running a team, that's uh, I would want that because um, you can get a lot of good players, fourth, fifth, sixth round players. I mean, just out of last year's game, like Damian Pierce was a thousand yard back this year for the Houston Texans, went in the fourth round. Um, Tariq Woolen went in the fifth round from Seattle. I mean, I think right. the guy should 
He led the league in interceptions with six. He probably should be rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year here, Sauce Gardner. So, um, but no, you build out your roster in those middle rounds. I mean, it's, it's great to hit on some, you know, high end talent in the first couple rounds, those top 50 picks is where you're going to get a lot of your, your pro bowl type players, but uh, to really build out the rest of your roster. Yeah. Rounds four, five, six are, are really important. And I think the good teams thrive in those rounds. And um, we have a lot of players from those rounds in the game. So um yeah, those runs are critical if you're going to build a good football team. As far as the kids go, last question I'll get you out of you. Talk about the, the 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 city of Mobile, and this is an event, and this is this event's been in Mobile for quite a while. Talk about your your ability to make this a, such an event, not just a football game, not just practices, but you know, charitable contributions. You have lots of different entities in the city of Mobile that help you put this event on every year. It's, you mentioned music; you're doing some music stuff entertainment stuff working around Mardi Gras just talk about the city of Mobile and the charitable the charitable contributions this event provides that city in that area yeah there's no there's no doubt that's what makes the senior bowl different from the other all-star games we've been here I mean other games have moved around and bounced city to city we've been in Mobile this is this is year 74 next year will be our 75th anniversary game which which will be huge I mean this is part of our city's the fabric of our community Uh, it means everything to the city the game brings over 40 million dollars a year to the local economy just in the one week between like, you know, restaurant, hotels, uh, all the tourism dollars that come into the, to the city. And that's why we've built the week out, like you said, with the Mardi Gras, you know, the Mardi Gras parade, the Nelly concert this year, um, just giving more people a reason than just practice in, in a game to come to Mobile. So it's huge. We have four, over 400 community volunteers as part of our senior bowl committee. Um, they're a huge part of what we do. We would not be able to execute the week without them. I mean, they're, they're family. I mean, we have a lot of events throughout the year. We do a lot year round in the community, kind of serve all levels of football in our community, whether it's like youth tackle leagues or we have our own NFL flag league. So uh, do a lot with our high school programs in the area. You'll see um, we're going to have close to 20 high schools represented in the stadium on game day this year. Those those young guys will have their jerseys on representing their schools. It's a first time thing we're doing with them. Um, so, yeah, again, that, that's what makes us different. And that's what makes this job a great job is because you can really connect with the people. And, and we try to give back as much as we can to all all the levels in the city and um, just everyone that's connected with the game makes it special. Well, tell the fans where they can, if, if they're interested in potentially coming to the game, if they're in that area of the country or if they're in, in, interested in coming to practices, tell, tell, tell the fans how they can buy tickets and such and participate in the, in, in the event. Yeah. Practices are a blast. I will say that they're wide open. Anyone can come to practice uh, the new stadium at Hancock Whitney out of the campus of South Alabama is a great venue. You know, you got the jumbotron going. Music's going to be blaring. It's it's kind of a it's got a great energy, great vibe to it, as a, as opposed to our our old home where we were at for seventy plus years. Um, this new site is is unbelievable. But just seniorbowl.com, every everything can be found there. Uh, we have an e-ticket, so you can just buy it on there, get it on your phone, uh, show up in mobile, mobile, come to the game. So um, yeah, a lot of great events. Go on seniorbowl.com. We've got every there on the everything there on the homepage to uh, educate yourself on the week and everything we have going on. That's great. Well, Jim, I appreciate the time, sir. Have a great game again. February 4th, 2.30 Eastern. Going to be on the NFL Network. Jim's d- doing a great job. It was your fifth year doing this? The fifth yeah. bowl game, yep. Going yep. by five. fifth year. Yep. Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile. Again, It's I was actually there seven or eight years ago. I, I came down for a couple of days. It's a great event. And uh, would, if you're a football fan, I definitely would encourage you to put it on your bucket list for a couple of days. So, uh, Jim, appreciate the time and good luck with the game this year. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.